Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The Leach Report Radio Network is on the air with the voice of the Wildcats, Tom Leach. It's the daily gathering spot for the Big Blue Nation to hear the latest news and views on the Cats. If you have a question for Tom, email leachreport at gmail.com or send a tweet to at TomLeachKY. Now, here's Tom. Everybody, welcome in to the Leach Report presented by Bobcat Enterprises for a Tuesday. And we have a little issue to work through here. Uh, let me just pull back the curtain for you guys. Uh, there is a, uh, the phone systems are down company-wide, apparently, for iHeart, which means we can't uh, connect with any of the guests that uh, are lined up to come on the show at this time until this gets fixed and don't have a timetable for that happening. Um, so here's what we're going to do. Uh, I'll uh, do the opening segment here about uh, some of the uh, news items, and then we're going to um, go back and play back some of yesterday's show with Freddie Maggard, our Monday morning quarterback show, um, and that will uh, give me a little time to try to uh, record uh, interviews with a couple of our scheduled guests and uh, then we should have those hopefully for you here somewhere around the bottom of the hour, if not before, uh, to bring you um, that content. And then probably end up, uh, it was going to be Aaron Gershon, Larry Vaught, and Van Hiles today. Well, probably won't be all three. Uh, so uh, we'll uh, try to figure this out on the fly all together. And, um, but hang, hang in there with us. So that's what we're going to do. I'm going to open the show, then we'll uh, go back, replay some of yesterday's show with uh, Freddie's analysis on the game. And then um, we'll uh, hopefully have some uh, original content for you by the second half of the show, if not before. So let's jump right into the Wildcat news of the day. It is a service of Giuseppe's of Lexington. Uh, media day yesterday for Mark Stoops with the news conference and the radio show. No excuses. Uh, he said he's not really a burn-the-tape guy. If there's a performance like the one at Georgia, they have to see the mistakes, watch the tape, try to learn from it. Uh, he says he won't tolerate a hangover from the loss. Uh, said he's uh, it's important for Kentucky to get back to being who it is, and so I would think that would mean physical, trying to and certainly cutting down on the panel, playing uh, smarter, more physical. Um, and he says very impressed with the Missouri team that they're going to face this weekend. Uh, notes Luther Burden is leading the nation in uh, receiving. It's both catches and yards yards per game. Uh, Brady Cook has uh, been outstanding at the quarterback spot. Missouri's been scoring a lot of points, so it'll be uh, a big challenge for Kentucky defense that uh, struggled against Georgia last Saturday. Kentucky offensively had struggles, got people open in the passing game, uh, either overthrew them, underthrew them, or there were drops. Uh, He was asked about Devin Leary yesterday. He doesn't, quote, need me to make excuses for him and that he has to own it. And, um, 
physically, as far as injuries, uh, Jalen Geiger going to be sidelined for a few weeks uh, from an injury. It's the only one in particular that Coach Stoops uh, made mention of. Uh, freshman Ty Bryant, who <clears throat> they're very high on, and he will get called up now to take more reps. Um, but they lose, obviously, a lot of experience in that trade-off. But uh, this is a big opportunity now for Ty Bryant to go into the rotation as the number three safety in their mix. And um, uh, we, and then the other thing from the radio show last night uh, was uh, there was a, a caller asking what it take would take to get over, uh, expressing frustration about not being able to get over the hump against uh, the teams like Georgia and Alabama. And um, we will get into some of that with um, discuss that with a couple of our guests that hopefully we'll be able to bring in the second half of the show. Uh, a couple of other quick notes here, and then we'll try to uh, get to scrambling. Uh, men's basketball, ESPN's Tom Tucky ranked 15th. Kansas is one, followed by Duke, Purdue, Michigan State, and UConn. Uh, Ryan Howard is joining the staff at Florida as an assistant coach and director of player personnel. Former Wildcats star will be doing that during the offseason for the WNBA. Nick Mingione, UK baseball, has a contract extension, takes him through 2028. A couple of, uh, or something I missed yesterday, uh, ran out of time and didn't get uh, mentioned. Congratulations to uh, our buddy Josh Teeter, who has earned his PGA Tour card for next season. He has continued to battle uh, and uh, on the Corn Ferry Tour and playing uh, excellent golf, played here at the Barbasol this past summer, and came through in a tournament this past weekend. Made some big shots and uh, important putts late, and earns his tour card. So happy, uh, thrilled for uh, Josh Teeter, uh, the former uh, Henry Clay Blue Devil and Moorhead State grad, big UK fan. So happy for Josh. Uh, Opening segment presented by Giuseppe's of Lexington. And if you are looking for a really special dining experience after uh, some some great news, a promotion, a birthday, an anniversary, uh, some other special occasion, a day at Keeneland, Giuseppe's can come through for you with fantastic food in a wonderful atmosphere, live jazz music. If you sit in the lounge area, you've got the climate control patio. Check it all out at Giuseppe'sLexington.com. We will take a break. We're coming to you from the Clark's Pump and Shop Studio here, and uh, we'll come back and uh, replay part of yesterday's show with Freddie Maggard and uh, give us a little time to try to uh, line up some original content for you a little later on on this uh, scrambling edition of the Leach Report. It's the Leach Report from the Clark's Pump and Shop Studio. Return, refresh, and refuel at Clark's Pump and Shops all across the Commonwealth. Freddie Magger joins us now for our Shuffle Bean Coffee Monday morning quarterback edition of the Leach Report. Kind of a Freddie's after action review that uh, he posts and, and uh, on three sports and KSR. <clears throat> and for the former Wildcat QB, Freddie, this one had to be painful to write. <laughs> it was not fun, Tom. It was not fun at all, but... Um, yeah, it was, uh, you know, I think Georgia played their best game of the year. Kentucky played their worst game of the year. And the result was a embarrassment. You know, it was, it was, it's, it's really an all systems failure for Kentucky as Rich Brooks used to say. And now it's, you know, this is a big week for the cats. I mean, Mark Stoops is probably going to get on his team pretty, pretty strongly today. And he should, it's warranted. But there's also a fine line you have to build and build them up because Saturday is another opportunity. You're only guaranteed to, you can't let one loss lead to two losses from the from the Georgia game. So it's a it's a delicate 
uh, yet very, very important week for the Kentucky football program. Yeah, it, it is. This was, uh, to me, clearly a statement game for Georgia. They yes. came out uh, looking to send a message to everybody who was saying they weren't as good as the last two years or uh, yeah, whatever. Yeah. They sent the message loud and clear. They sure did. And I still don't – I think the, the 21 and 22 Georgia teams were great. I think this is a very good Georgia team. I agree. The, with a great player in Brock Bowers. I think he's the best player in football, and he showed it on Saturday. I mean, he, you know, Brock Bowers, seven catches, 132 yards, and a touchdown. He blocked extremely well. And, uh, you know, some of the frustration, and there were some frustrated fans on Saturday night. Uh, trust me, I heard from about, uh, you know, uh, uh, six, 60% of them. But, uh, yeah, I mean, him running down the field, non-covered, unguarded, however you want to say it, I think brought out frustration. But the Georgia offensive line, who I wrote about, I thought had had, had a slight advantage, uh, played extremely well and frustrated Kentucky. That frustration showed uh, with Deion Walker. And, and on the other side of the ball, Jagger had those two penalties. So Kentucky – uh, just came unglued a little bit, and uh, just Georgia took advantage of it. Carson Beck, I, I doubted uh, the creativity of Mike Bobo, the play caller. I hadn't seen that before, but he dialed up a heck of a game, and Carson Beck was nearly perfect. So uh, it was a perfect storm for Georgia. Very good team, not a great team. And Kentucky played their worst of the season, I think, by a long, uh, by a lo- by a lot. Mark Stoops said after the game, one of the things he said was that the moment was too big for some. Yeah. And that's disappointing. Uh-huh. It is. It is very disappointing. And, you know, I wrote about this also that Georgia at night at home with championship big game experience is different. Uh, certainly played so. And I think Georgia, you know, you alluded to it, Tom. I think Georgia played with a chip on their shoulders because they had not played well. They did not play well against South Carolina. They did not play well against Auburn in their two SEC games and wanted to make a statement, and they surely did. Uh, I, I, I don't see anybody beating them in the SEC because they're in the league, and I think whoever is going to, to take Georgia's spot as a top ten in the league is going to have to beat Georgia, and and they're not going to give up that title without a fight. So I have a high amount of respect for Kirby Smart and that football program, and they show why they're the number one team in the country. And Kentucky showed uh, that that they're not there yet. So I think it was a definition game for for Georgia, Kentucky this season. You know, Tom, Kentucky could lose all six games remaining on their schedule. Kentucky could win all six games on their Mm -hmm. schedule. And I wouldn't be surprised by either result. Um. This was a game, Kentucky was certainly less than full strength. The two receivers, Barry right. and Brown, Tavian Robinson, played. I don't think either was, right. was 100%. Don't know how close to, to that. And I think probably Tavian was closer than Barry. But, um, yeah, and they got beat up during the game. I know uh, Trevor yes. Wallace uh, appeared to get shaken up on a tackle on a, on a punt coverage. Um, and, it, yeah, so that that's, you know, heightens the, uh, the challenge for Saturday because – uh, you need that open date that's two weeks away, and you've got to get through this one. Uh, being at home is a massive plus. Disappointed, they'll they'll support the they'll you know give their support on Saturday, and Kentucky will need it. Absolutely, you know Kentucky's injury list uh, is getting longer by the game, and that's everybody across the country. Attrition is a part of the game of football. Georgia got healthy for this game, brought back some players. 
Lad McConkey came in and he is money on the sideline passes. Uh, some other offensive players came more healthy, and Kentucky went in the opposite direction. So not only was it a lopsided game on the scoreboard, Georgia was the more physical team. I think that disappointed uh, myself as much as anything, that Georgia was the tougher team. Georgia was the more physical team, 608 total yards uh, compared to just 183 for Kentucky. But I think that's misleading. I think the Cats could have gotten a run game going, Georgia, but the game circumstances, it got so out of hand so quick that Cohen had to go away from the run. I thought Liam Cohen dialed up some good plays, too. It's just Devin Leary continues his inaccuracy. Uh, there were drops and, and you know, just uh, just at the inopportune time. So, um, you know, Georgia took advantage of the situation. Kentucky didn't. And uh, it was uh, it was just an absolute Freddie Mangard's with us. It's our Shuffle Bean Coffee Monday morning quarterback edition of the Leach Report. It's presented by Bobcat Enterprises, and we'll continue when we come right back. Flat out, we got a bus kick. So uh, when you get your butt kicked, there's not a lot of people to blame. You know, we all got to look in the mirror. We all have to reset. Players, coaches, you know, all of us on on the offensive staff and and, and players. Um, if you can't respond from this one, uh, it's going to be tough to respond from anything in life. That was offensive coordinator Liam Cohen after the game on Saturday. Uh, did a nice job of. Summing it up, I thought, uh, Freddie, and we'll start on the <laughs> offensive side. Um, yeah. With uh, Devin Leary, I mean, you played the quarterback position. Uh-huh. Um, what are you seeing? Because, you know, it's it's the numbers we see don't match what we right. saw from him coming in from NC State. Oh, trust me. I, I was reminded of that very often this weekend because uh, I thought, what I saw at North Carolina State, that Larry would be the, the best, most accurate quarterback in the Stoops era. And he's certainly not been that way. Uh, it's not it's not as mechanical. Washington slowed it down. It's not mechanical. Uh, he could possibly be placing the football from the drops, but he's had as many uh, errant throws as, as there have been drops. So I, I don't yeah. know, Tom. I don't know if it's, it, you know, he had surgery on an upper body surgery. Sometimes that can... Uh, you don't regain the flexibility uh, in your throwing motion. I don't know, but something's something's up. Because, you know, he's not processing as well as I thought he would, and that that comes with the inaccuracies and the drops because you begin to doubt and question yourself when things don't go uh, your way. You drop down to, you know, into the fifty percent completion ratio, which is was certainly not expected. Twelve touchdowns, five interceptions. Uh, I, I don't blame some of those interceptions on him. I think they were tag routes that he was forced to, to make throws to certain receivers. You know, it's, it's just not what I expected, and I don't think it's what the Kentucky coaches expected. And it's beginning to be a point of frustration, not only for the fans, but for the coaches. And certainly, Devin, you don't, I mean, I met the kid. I know the kid a little bit. He does not want to play this way. He wants to perform. Not. He wants to contribute. So uh, I'm just, I'm in, I'm in his corner. Uh, not because I made the claims, but because I think he's a great kid. But uh, Liam Cohen said exactly what I said. This is a mirror game. I mean, the entire program, from the head coach down through the nutrition staff, players, coaches, everybody needs to look in the mirror and reassess after a game like this because it can it can bleed over. And and one thing I did write about also is doubt can be crippling in a locker room and lead to finger pointing, but. As Saturday night, there's no locker room to have the fingers to point because it was an all-systems failure for Kentucky. 
I don't know, you know who the this person is on on this team and or peop, these people are on this team, uh, or even if if they're they're there for sure. That's uh, that's for you know the, the only the people inside the program know that. But uh, yeah. this is if if there's a Wesley Woodyard type or anybody close to that on this yeah. team, this is what. Yes, yes. This is a this is a week that leaders need to lead. This is a week that practices need to be specific, intentional. And spirited, you can't waste a day like March. And listen, I know Mark. I, I work for Mark. When he says it's a bad practice, it's a bad practice. He does not. Uh, that is not hyperbole from the head coach when when he says that. You can't waste a day. The number one team in the country, and that falls on the leadership of the team. And uh, that just can't happen. And I think it's going to be again a mirror situation. And I hope those mirrors are nice and. Windex today when the players and the coaches get to the facility, get this thing fixed and, you know, and, and get back to it because Missouri's a much improved team. Got a quarterback in Cook that's spinning the football, Luther Burden. It's going to be an exciting game because Ray Davis and Luther Burden are 1 2 in the SEC in yards for scrimmage. Uh, Luther Burden, the receiver at Missouri's, is the number one, is ranked first in the SEC. Ray Davis first in rushing. So we could see some more offense and, and, you know, I have full faith and trust in Brad White, and I still think he's the best defensive coordinator in the conference. And, uh, you know, he, I'm sure that he's not going to be happy about today because Bobo got him, and, and that's odd for, for Brad White. So uh, there's a lot of uh, redemption, a lot of soul-searching, and it needs to come to a result. Or can, this season could get out of could, could just like the Georgia score in the first half, could get out of hand quick if remedies aren't found. Welcome back into the Leach Report for this Tuesday. We're presented by Bobcat Enterprises. Google Bobcat Enterprises to find the location nearest you in Kentucky and Ohio. If you're looking for a piece of heavy equipment or know somebody who is, or maybe just a new zero-turn mower to take care of your lawn, it's Bobcat Enterprises. Joined now by Aaron Gershon from catspaws.com, Georgia, on Saturday night for a miserable night for the Kentucky Wildcats against the number one team in the country. Uh, I said, Aaron, I'll, I'll see if, uh, if it felt the same way to you, that Georgia came at Kentucky the way Kentucky came at Florida, and uh, the Wildcats uh, handled it about like the, the Gators did. They uh, they didn't answer the call. <laughs> yeah, no, they certainly didn't answer the call. And, I mean, I think, first of all, you got to get a look. I mean, that, obviously, they're the two-time defending champions. They haven't lost the football game since. 2021, and that was in the SEC championship game, so they got to give some credit. But no, Kentucky definitely, especially in the first half, uh, you know, shot itself in the foot, and you can't miss opportunities or set yourself back uh, against a team like that. I think that obviously um, the penalties, the unsportsmanlike conduct that he had, uh, and then the Deion Walker uh, un- unsportsmanlike that would have, you know, they would have been punting in the second quarter, or I think it was early in the second quarter, maybe late in the first. Uh, and instead it extends that drive, and that drive ends up in the touchdown. So that one, and then obviously Devin Leary missing a throw to Tavion Robinson, that from my vantage point up in the press box, I think if you hit him in stride there, uh, that one's going for six. Uh, just missed opportunities and some self-inflicted wounds early that uh, are made it already harder than it had to be, and then, you know, George is really good. So combination of uh, of tough things to overcome there. Yeah, the, uh, the play to Tavion, if you score there, uh, and that was, I think, would have been overcoming like a third and 16. It's amazing that uh, it was, he, he yeah, got wide 16. open. 
Um, and then the next drive, I think they got into Georgia territory, and then the Burton knocked them back. Uh, so they had a chance to kind of hang in. And you mentioned the penalty on Deion Walker that uh, would have stopped the Georgia drive that ended in a touchdown. Ultimately, you know, the, the, they weren't going to win because they never could really stop Georgia all night. But uh, right. uh, they were at least could have uh, made it more respectable. Uh, the the uh, you know the way Georgia dominated uh, Kentucky defensively was uh, I think uh, given how well you know Kentucky has played, they hadn't allowed a 300 yard passer in like 22 consecutive games. I think there's been like two teams in about two or three years that have scored over 30 on them, uh, Tennessee last year and, and Georgia right. the other night. So this was certainly – I know fans were frustrated with the defense, but it was uncharacteristic. Yeah, no, it definitely was. And I think uh, they've only given up 50 in the Stoops era. I think that won uh, the 2020 game against Bama. Obviously that team won the national championship. And then I believe it was Georgia again in uh, 2013. So – very uncharacteristic to have a night like that, the 608 total yards. But also, again, you got to give some credit. I mean, Carson Beck, that, that was the one thing. I, I understood why some fans thought maybe there was a pass with how Georgia struggled early and Kentucky had been getting off to some really big leads. But I don't know, well, Seth and Bennett's gone. Well, Carson Beck has been sitting behind him for two seasons and learning, and he's I think he's either a redshirt junior or a true junior. So he's had a lot of time in that program to get ready for moments like these. And he had been playing some pretty good football before this game. I think his completion percentage on the year was at 73, uh, nine touchdowns. And they were his average depth for target was like 9.3 yards. So he was completing more. And he had his best game yet, obviously, on Saturday. Um, and then, you know, they got a guy in Brock Bowers who uh, it was frustrating, of course, to see him running across the field open. But as Mark Stoops said after the game, they dressed some things up and did a really good job. So, um, it was definitely a tough night for the defense. I mean, they've been so good for years now, and that was definitely uncharacteristic. But I think a Kentucky fan, you know, looking ahead in the rest of the season, I'm not too worried about that unit. I think you got to tip your cap to Georgia a lot on that one. I mean, we'll see if they if they come out and struggle again uh, in this one. Maybe you start to worry a little bit. But you know, my questions are still more with the passing game than they are with the defense. How do they go about fixing the passing game, do you think? Man, it's just, I mean, I think the first, you got to, I don't know what's going on with Devin Leary. You know, I don't want to assume anything. I mean, I'm concerned maybe he just never fully healed from the injury that he had last season at NC State. I think last year was the torn pack. I mean, that's a tough one. Um, so maybe something's wrong there. Maybe it's a confidence issue, but I think it starts with just making the throws I mean, you got to hit open guys, and yeah, they've had a lot of drop issues, but I think you feel, at least from your quarterback, at least get him confident to the point where he's making the throws and getting the ball where it needs to be. If the drops happen, that's on the receivers, but then if you do, obviously, I think, I think Stu said it pretty well in the press conference, you got to start pitching and catching. you got to hit the open man and catch those. Uh, it sounds easier than it's easier said than done, but you just got to make the open throws. It's really that simple. And I think if Larry starts hitting the ones that are there, I think these receivers are talented enough where they're going to start catching. And I think it was a good sign Saturday that Dane Key had a strong performance. He made three tough catches and um, I think had 64 yards or 54. So he had a nice night. Uh, I know they were kind of limiting Barry on Brown, but both times he caught the ball. One of them was taken back for a penalty. Uh, Tavian Robinson had a little bit of a rough night, but I think overall, if you start hitting those guys, 
they're, they're going to pull it down more times than not. And I think you got to get the tight ends a little more involved as well. Uh, Josh Caddis obviously had two catches, caught a ball in the end zone. Uh, both times they've gone to Brendan Bates this year. It's gone for 15 yards. So uh, they got to they got to mix some guys in there uh, that are that are there uh, for the taking. Uh, let me get your take on something from the radio show last night that is uh, making news. Yeah. It was a caller that expressed frustration about not being able to to get over the hump against the the teams like uh, Georgia, and um, I think uh, Coach Stoops. I can understand a, a pushback because. When you talk about sure. getting over the hump against Georgia, championship at the other side of that hump. So um, that is a, a little uh, unrealistic uh, at this point. I think you look yeah. at the, you know, the Florida series, and um, this year they had more four- and five-stars than Florida did. Ultimately, that's, that's what it takes right. is to have more of those kind of guys. Right, yeah. I thought, I thought – the first comment there with everything, I, I was totally on board with it. I think the decision with Dick Gabriel and Billy Rutledge up at iHeart last night, I think that he got a little bit unlucky that Mark Stoops, as soon as he starts getting momentum at Kentucky, which was 2016, Kirby Smart ends up at Georgia. And Kirby, I think they go 8-5 and five his first year, but he starts the recruiting. And in 2017, they're in the national championship game. In Kentucky, you know, that's the, they make a bowl for a second straight year. So they're starting to sustain in year three uh, with Kirby. Um, was the year Kentucky won 10 games, and they have a winner-take-all game for the SEC East. And Georgia, just with all their five stars, just ran Kentucky off the field. So there was, I think there's some bad luck. Uh, involved with Mark Stoops and when he built that momentum because Georgia's a sleeping giant. They've, they were for years at least. Uh, it's an amazing recruiting base. They have a ton of money in that program. They have it all. And Kirby Smart was the one that kind of was able to wake that thing back up. And they've got the ball rolling better than anybody in the country. And that's hard to, uh, it's hard to finish a job and get over the hump of winning your division when the uh, number one program is Cal Perry calls the basketball program. The gold standard of college football right now is Georgia, and that's in your division. So I, I get the frustration. I get fans want to see New Year's Six Bowl, get to Atlanta, but it's hard to do that when you have Georgia in your way. And then as far as the other comment where he brought up, you know, paying for players, uh, where he said, you know, Georgia's bought some and, you know, maybe we need to pony up and contribute more to do the same, I think. I think he's saying the quiet part out loud. I, I don't think he's wrong, um, but I don't know if I would have gone there right after you lose a 38-point game. I think you, maybe you say that after you beat Florida, and fans want to contribute there. So, But I get his frustration. I mean, he's done – again, there's no one who's done more for this program. Uh, he obviously – seven straight bowl games. They win one more. They're going to be an eight. Uh, it's really – it's a tough draw. He got really unlucky that uh, Georgia decided uh, to get it rolling while Kentucky finally was. Catspaws.com is where you can read uh, Aaron's work. It's at agershon99 on X or uh, Twitter. Aaron, uh, thank you for the time. Anytime. It is the Leach Report Radio Network coming to you from the Clark's Pump and Shop Studio. Return, refresh, and refuel at Clark's Pump and Shops across Kentucky. And we'll be right back on the Leach Report. Tuesday edition of the Leach Report. Uh, we're, this is pre-recorded at the top of the show. We're kind of in uh, scramble mode. As uh, Larry Vault said, it's an audible that we have to call. Uh, all the phone lines are down in the iHeart system. So I am uh, recording interviews with our scheduled guests today in my home studio. And then 
sending them in to to get played on the air for uh, you guys. So next up, Larry Vaught joins the program from Vaughtsviews.com, YourSportsEdge.com. And uh, Larry, let's let, let me start uh, a, a little bit of uh, basketball because on the Sunday morning sports talk show, you guys had Travis Perry on with you last Sunday from Lyon County. Going to be at Big Blue Madness this weekend. And uh, what's your take on uh, what his recruitment, how it will play out? I think it's it's hard to know, Tom, because Travis is really good at answering any question you ask, and yet not telling you a whole lot about what he's actually thinking, or maybe he doesn't know exactly what he's thinking. But I think he still got visits set to Cincinnati and Michigan. <clears throat> Excuse me. He obviously likes I think Ole Miss a lot. He'll be at Kentucky this weekend. He was at Kentucky for a practice last week. So I think Travis is still weighing a lot of different options. But uh, he's talking about the relationship with coaches is very important, but also the system is very important. He said, obviously, if you come, every Kentucky kid wants to be offered by Kentucky. And if you come, you either embrace the competition you're going to face or you let it overwhelm you that he thinks he would like to uh, – that he, he would – welcome that, that opportunity, much like Reed Shepard has. And he talked a lot about how Reed has, has done so well so quick. But he also talked about how much he liked Ole Miss. I think obviously he has a big draw being so close to home and probably the school where he would have the chance to play the most the quickest. So it was a really interesting conversation. You can go back and listen on the podcast of it, and I think you will enjoy it. But I think from what Travis said, it'll be probably right before signing day, when he made, the early signing period, when he makes his decision. Let me shift now to football and in the lead up to the season more than once that he didn't like how they handled adversity last season and that, and he didn't say we're going to try to do better. He was definitive that, uh, that that will not happen again. And so now we get to a point where that resolve gets put to the test because they uh, have some serious adversity coming off the performance at Georgia, good team coming in, Kentucky's kind of um so this will this will be an interesting week to have one of those, you know, ESPN 30 for 30s or something like that where you have cameras behind the scenes and see how the whole week ultimately plays out, but uh it's a it's an important week. Yeah, very very important week. And I did one thing I did get right about this football team is before the season started, I said that I thought Missouri would be the most important game because if you happen to beat Florida and Georgia both, how you handled Missouri would be a big test to how you can handle prosperity. If you didn't beat Florida and or Georgia, how you handled Missouri would be a big test to how you handled adversity. And now they're going to find out that they've got a lot more adversity to handle than I ever thought they would right now, and but they've got to show back and respond that they can against a good Missouri team that impressed me when I watched them against LSU last week. Can they come back home after basically a humiliating defeat and get things back together and grind out a win in front of the home team, or home fans? Because if you, if you don't win this one, then you look down the rest of the schedule and I think you start scratching your head. You win this one and you think, okay, Georgia's maybe just that good. We're still really good. Let's see what we can do the rest rest of the year. So it's going to be a very pivotal game. They got some issues. They obviously got to get fixed, but just more than anything, they just got to play smarter and, and execute better than what they did at Georgia. The uh, you know fan frustration always bubbles up after any kind of loss, and this was a really tough one. Part of it because you know Kentucky fans had 
after that Florida performance had, had to dare to dream about uh, having a shot to knock off Georgia down in Athens, even though it almost never happens, not just for Kentucky, but for anybody right now. Uh, and uh, you, I saw, I had a post about that at uh, Vaught's views, just, you know, the, the, uh, the frustration I think for Kentucky fans comes from how great the passion is. Yeah. That, that hope is always eternal for the Kentucky fans and, and gets it crushed. But I mean, at, at least again, one of the big things that Mark Stoops has done, he's, he's raised those expectations to where you could be five and one and be disappointed because you're hoping and believing that this is the year this could happen. And, and I, I truly think this year, Tom, that, it wasn't just the fans. I really believe the coaches thought this was the year they had a great shot to go to Georgia and, and handle things. So I'm, I'm kind of interested to see staff bounces back from this because I think they were just as excited as what the Kentucky fans were about what this team might be able to do against Georgia, and it just kind of snowballed everything went the wrong way. So now they've got to get things going, and it'll help if they can get a little bit better passing attack. That'll help more than anything right now, but that's not the only thing. Just They've got to get some other issues fixed and just like mental praying for this game on Saturday night. Yeah, you know, it was the, I think of that old Mike Tyson line, everybody has a plan until you get hit in the mouth. And uh, Georgia came out, I think, clearly looking to make a statement. Uh, you know, uh, I would imagine that their coach got into them pretty hard after their performance at Auburn, and, you know, they answered uh, that call in a big way. Yeah, they did, and I thought Sunday morning Anthony White made a point that Mark Stoops didn't use quite the same words. I heard him on with you a little bit last night, but he kind of still alluded to it. Anthony said that uh, Georgia was scared of Kentucky this year, and Kentucky got their best shot, which isn't always the case of what happens, but that Georgia was made, he thought, was scared that Kentucky was good enough to play with them and give them a real challenge down there. And so Georgia got fully focused on beating Kentucky, something that he didn't happen very often, that Georgia didn't always have uh, that kind of respect for Kentucky, but they did this year, and as a result, Kentucky could, took the full brunt of what Georgia could deliver. Yeah, and they'll get something similar from Missouri from the standpoint of Missouri's tired of losing in this series. You know, the Missouri, Kentucky, Tennessee, South Carolina, uh, you know, all in there trying to, and, and now Florida, I think, all trying to be into the next to be the team that tries to make a run at Georgia. That's exactly right. I guarantee you that Missouri's sitting out there thinking, okay, we win this game, now we can have a really, really special season, and we've got some big things that we can still do this year. So, yeah, they'll be just as jacked up for Kentucky as as anybody has been all season, and Kentucky's just got to match that. And hopefully it'll be the atmosphere similar to what it was at, at Florida, maybe kind of like what Georgia had last week, and that'll help kind of get Kentucky charged back up and off to a good start get that defense back making plays like it can and get things worked out and then get away with a get out with a really needed win on Saturday. Yeah, they could certainly use uh, the crowd support. And I think being a, a you know the first, you know, big night game of the year, it it is a sellout and uh, even I think that frustration uh fades over the course of a week and uh you know for for most transfers back into hope, right? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, let's hope the weather will be maybe just a little bit warmer than what it is today. Uh, I don't know if that's going to happen. It looks like it may be a little yeah. on the chilly side. Football weather, as they say, except the guys from Florida always challenge that uh, that uh, opinion. Uh, Larry, appreciate you uh, uh, being ready to, to handle the audible this morning. Thank you. 
Anytime, Tom. That's Larry Vaught, and you can read his work at YourSportsEdge.com, VaughtsViews.com. Hear him on the Sunday morning sports talk show here in uh, the Lexington market with uh, Anthony White, Jack Pilgrim, Bo Robinson each week. Quick break, and back to wrap up this edition of the Leach Report. This day, Wildcat history presented by Kentucky Roadshow Sports Cards and Memorabilia. Romney Road here in Lexington, 98. Kentucky won a shootout with South Carolina, 33-28. And our uh, main stat man for the UK Network, Corey Price, tweets out that Anthony White that night became the first Kentucky player ever to go over 100 yards rushing and receiving in the same game. Like 235 all-purpose yards that night for uh, Ant B as they called him. Happy birthdays to Stuart Hines and Mark Krebs. We'll see you tomorrow on the Leach Report. WLAP.com or 790Louisville.com and anytime you're out of range of the stations, catch the show via the iHeartRadio app. If you have any questions for Tom, email leachreport at gmail.com and check out his website at tomleachky.com Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.